New Zealand-based home renovation company, 6,593% ROAS. Sydney-based solar company, 2,700% ROAS. Hunter region-based bathroom renovation company, 5,616% ROAS. Melbourne-based building company, 13,182% return on ad spend. Adelaide-based solar company, 2,881% return on ad spend. Guys, the list goes on and on. If you are a trade-based business and you work with projects like roofing, solar, bathroom renovations, kitchen renovations, anything like that, head across to tradey.wiki forward slash pod for podcast. Tradey.wiki forward slash pod for podcast. Book in a conversation. It is game changing. While it's certainly true you can over-systemize and over-process parts of your business, there are certainly a lot of myths around which I think hold a lot of people back or they tend to use as an excuse when they start getting into the system creation mindset, um, looking to scale and grow a successful organization. In today's episode, we're gonna dispel some of those myths. Things like business systems remove creativity of my team. All these kind of things. We've heard these objections time and time again. But you're joining us today for the third episode and final episode, sadly, of the series we've titled Create Time, Reduce Errors and Scale Your Profits. And I'm joined by the author, Dave Jennings of Systemology. And Dave has been on the show a number of times before. However, in this series, we are specifically diving into some of the systemology frameworks and mindsets that he teaches in his book. Guys, we're giving away a free cop- a couple of free copies of this book in the Facebook group, some nice signed hard book co- copies. So if you're not in the Facebook group already and you would like to get hold of one of them, head across to the group and uh, you can be part of that fun little competition we're running over there. So guys, I look forward to hearing your feedback, comments, and experiences about this topic. I know it's been a bit of a hot topic of conversation over the years within the community, and certainly we've um, spoken a lot about systems uh, on the podcast in the past. However, this is an amazing, amazing revelation, a way that Dave has communicated uh, the system process within his book. And we dive into all these, uh, these some of these topics within this, this podcast series. Uh, he really has turned it into essentially a blueprint for success. So guys, I know you're going to absolutely love this. Enjoy and I look forward to hearing your comments. Today's podcast has been proudly brought to you by Tradie Web Guys. Tradie Web Guys work with tradespeople only on their websites and marketing solutions to help them stand out from their competition. Everything from web design through to SEO, search engine marketing, content creation, you name it guys. It is a customized solution for trade-based organizations and it's fantastic. Head across to tradywebguys.com.au forward slash apply, fill in the form and let's have a conversation. Giving tradies and contractors around the globe the tools to run a modern business. You're listening to Toolbox Talks from the Site Shed. Now here's your host, Matt Jones. Hello, listeners and viewers. Welcome back to the Sideshed Podcast. You're joining us today for the third and final episode, sadly, of Create Time, <laughs> Reduce Errors and Scale Your Profits series. I'm conducting this series with my co-host and buddy, Dave Jennings from System Hub and Systemology. Dave, welcome back. It's an exciting one. I'm hoping 
what we're doing is just igniting that fire in someone to go, I'm going to relook at systems because there are a lot of myths and misconceptions and people come to con- conclusions where they just go, I'm not a systemized person. I can't systemize my business. My team won't follow these systems. Systems are going to kind of just turn us into McDonald's. I don't want to be a McDonald's type business. All of this rubbish I, I want to challenge you on to say, if you want to build a profitable business that works without the business owner, that scales, that supports you and helps a lot of people, the only way to do it is to build great systems. And systems don't fall in love with the documenting, fall in love with the result that systems can give you. That's that's the real key for this series. So in the first episode, we were talking about the true cost of not systemizing, where we essentially ran through, I suppose, some of the outcomes of a business or typical outcomes of, you know, organisations that don't employ systems and don't employ, you know, processes and don't train their teams and don't get people buying into that methodology. In the second episode or the previous episode, we were talking about why the business owners in very often the worst person to, to create process. So for all of you guys, that could be a bit of a revelation and hallelujah. In that episode as well, it's really important that you go and check that episode out because Dave talks about his critical client flow, which basically is the starting point for you to go and create systems. So if you're new to this and you haven't listened or watched that episode, go and check it out. It's also in the first chapter of his book, Systemology, which has just been released. So for you guys that haven't got a hold of that, head across to Amazon and get it. It's also an audio book, so you can also tune into the audio book if you can't read. So you have no excuse. <laughs> Dave, this episode here, we're going, to be, we're going to talk a little bit more about dispelling some of those myths around systems. Like you said, just then, you know, the whole McDonald's, you know, sort of thing doesn't appeal to everyone. I mean, I'm sure most people would love the outcome of <laughs> McDonald's systems, right? But as we alluded to in the last business, you know, it, you don't have to start there. It's not about building building out processes for a McDonald's franchise. It's about building out, you know, some of the processes that McDonald's might have done 60-odd years ago when they got started. <laughs> You've got to start somewhere. What I do love, actually, about the book, Dave, said this many times myself, you know, the process systems are very, very rarely a destination. They're always a journey and they're there to be evolved, you know. And I think that's something that is exciting from a business point of view because you can see the development of of procedure and, and when you... You know, when you've got your team that have bought into like a methodology, like systemology, essentially they manage that for you and they, they take control of that. And that's amazing because the reality is like where you might be the person to create the initial system, you're, you take that system and hand it off to somebody else to do that task, which is the only real way that it's ever going to get done the way you want it done. But then over time through them doing it, hopefully they're finding better ways to do these things, more efficient ways, and they're updating the systems for you. And then all of a sudden, you've got this amazing engine that's running. All you've really done is turn the ignition. You have hit something like that nail on the head incredibly well. This this idea that what you're actually looking to do is to have a shift in the culture of the work. It's not... The holy grail is not to have your systems and processes documented and you be hitting your staff and team and contractors over the head saying, follow the process, follow the process, follow the process. Like that, the holy grail is getting to the point where your staff goes, this is how we do things here. When that happens and you've got an approach and it's constantly evolving and improving and building and growing, that's when the magic really comes alive. Now, the the biggest challenge is always the resistance that comes up front, which is 
I've always done it this way. Why do I have to change? Or, hey, I'm not really a systems person or why, why do I have to do things this way? And all that resistance happens up front because you're going to hear this episode and you're going to go out and get your copy of Systemology. You're going to get all excited and say, this is what I want to do. And then you'll take it to your team and then you're going to have some resistance. And to make this work, you have to push through that resistance. And it might take three months, six months, 12 months, depending on how committed and how all in you go. And it's only till you start to hire new team members and they come on board and that's all they've ever known is, oh, this is the way that we do things here. And, you know, we have a way that we submit our timesheets. We have a, a way of checking the van before we take it out to go see a client to make sure that we've got everything. Dave Porter's popped up a few times as a, a great example from PorterVac in some of the earlier episodes. I remember one of the things that he shared with me about one of the biggest wins he had was at the end of the shift, when people would come back and return the vans, would get frustrated because they just throw the keys over. And then there wasn't really much thought about making sure that it was well prepared for the next day and everything was all set up people would arrive and get going and it'd be just a complete mess so initially he was looking to the staff and saying you know he was not going necessarily to the root cause he was seeing the symptoms and talking to the team members and saying oh i need you to do this i want you to clean it i want you to go through this or that checklist and what ended up happening is he reached a point where he said oh the problem is in the system so he went to work on that system. He created the checklist and a process. So when the vans got returned back, there was a way of doing things that everybody had to follow. It changed. First, it changed in his mind. Then he passed it in through to the rest of the team. And, and now he has a process for the way that trucks get checked in. And, and it's not questioned by everybody. It's just the way that we do things here. And it's something that continues to evolve and improve. And it's getting that feedback loop and understanding that systems are never perfect. Scenarios will change and you need to make tweaks here and there. Like I don't want to build a business where I'm, I don't have a hamburger business where I'm taking 15 year old kids off the street who haven't had any work experience and I'm teaching them how to flip burgers. Well, in that scenario, maybe I do need to have exact step-by-step -step details, you know, manuals that are like the yellow pages for those old of you uh, enough to remember <laughs> what a yellow pages is. What I'm looking for is smart people. And when I think about systems, it's about just giving them the guidelines, the rules to the game. It's like a game of footy. Like when you're out on the field, you can be creative and you make stuff up, but there are rules. So you follow the rules and then you do the creative stuff inside the game. And that's what I want to do. And when I think about business, I still want rock star players and I want to teach them the rules and then I want them to operate within the rules, within those boundaries. And that's when you really start to build a business that has big impact. I think as well, like that mindset and that approach has ripple effects, which if you haven't done, been through this process yet, guys, which I appreciate many of you probably haven't, I'm, and sorry, I should probably quantify Again, this isn't a destination. This is always a journey. Like even if you're on the journey, there's always ways you can do it better. Applying that mindset to your team is a really great morale builder because what they begin to appreciate is that they're contributing. And instead of coming to work and being told what to do, they're coming to work and being equipped and then being able to apply their own level of creativity to, like Dave just said then, you know, within the guidelines of, you know, the business, put their spin on it. And 
as business owners, that's music to your ears because essentially you want people to be doing that. You want them to be creative and you want them to be invested in in the process. And I mean, in a perfect world, you you know, they come to you and say, what do you think of this? I've just updated this system. I mean, brilliant, perfect. Let, let's run, run me through it. Show me how it's better, you know? Like that's, that is absolute music to, to your ears. One of the earlier companies that I used to run in the digital agency was a video production business, Melbourne Video Production. And I mean, that's an incredibly creative space and industry to be in. And what it taught me is that systems, and we touched on this idea in one of the early episodes, I believe, that systems end up giving you extra space for creativity. The misconception that systems remove creativity is actually false because there are certain things in a role or in a job that need to happen. So when we went on a shoot, we would need to make sure we took all of the right equipment. When when the shoot was done, we, we needed to set up a project in a certain way. We needed to ingest the footage. We needed to make sure that we sunk up the audio. We needed to make sure that we had all the assets from the client. All of these components needed to be hap- like happen before the editor could get in there and then do their creative magic. So there's a whole large component of that job um, that was wax on, wax off and could be systemized. Now, we didn't necessarily systemize the editing part. You know, we came up with some rules around, you know, the the space in which the editor had to edit within, like the time. But there were ways that the project was set up. There were ways that we would deliver milestones and feedback to the client. Like we, we wanted to avoid scope creep because it's quite often where the client might have had a different expectation in their head of what it is that they've got or that they were getting. And they might ask for a round of changes, another round of changes. And before you know it, you've blown through the client's budget. You're on to round number six. Whereas with a bit more of a framework and a system, we let the client know up front, hey, you've got one round of major changes and then you've got two minor changes. Major changes are structural moving pieces of you know footage from here to there and adding music in. Minor changes are things like, you know, can we change that frame or can I adjust the lower third with my name in it or whatever. So we, we built that into the system so that when the team needed to be creative, they had everything that they needed. It was all organized and then they could do their best work. So it's, yeah, I'm sure that translates over to to the trade space. Definitely. I mean, managing, managing expectations is a, a system that every business should constantly be improving or a workflow that every business should be improving. And things like technology constantly evolving will always evolve that, you know, that overall process too. But, I mean, I see, you know, communication as being probably something that can solve 99% of problems. And as you said, like managing those expectations from your customers and like you alluded to in episode one where you were saying, I had trained my client to always come to me, you know, improving that, you know, your support systems and the way you communicate and your ticketing systems and all these kind of things, like that will free you up. And so I think like it's certainly relevant to trades because as you can imagine, when somebody goes out on site to, you know, fix a hot water heater. Oh, why, why, why are you here? Could you, st- you know, do those tap washes? And you're like, oh my God, where does this end? Like next minute you're building the guy, you know, a three-story renovation at the cost of a hot water heater. So you've definitely got to have 
process in place there, which educates the customer initially as to, you know, what's involved, what isn't involved, what's being cheeky and asking for, you know, what, what's, what's above board, you know, all these kind of things. It's all a process, right? A lot of this stuff as well, like if you just, like the best way to capture this stuff is to, once you do your critical client flow, you just think who knows how to do that step already and let's just capture what they're doing. So you might go, oh, wow, we have this sales guy, he's our best sales guy, great. Well, let's record him doing the task. Or maybe you've got a guy who manages clients really well. Okay, well, let's record him with the first couple of phone calls that he has with the client to to go, what is it that he's actually saying? And that just becomes the base level. That's what I always say. Don't try and get this perfect out of the gate you'll you'll be you'll get so many wins by just getting everybody consistently applying whatever the best practice is currently and get everybody up to that standard once you've got that later on we can think about coming up with a way to improve it but at least initially let's let's just get everybody doing the best method that you already know i think as well like the best method, sure, but then also delivering consistency, something that the system addresses. And I think that's something that a lot of the guys have issues with because they might have you know, five or six carpenters that are working for them and they all have a different way to pitch a roof. You know, And so having them understand the way that you want it done for whatever reason that might be, like, first of all, you know, that, that's, that's great for them because now they, you know, they're not getting in trouble and they understand the way you want it done. They've got something to follow, you know, whereas very often that, that's a problem because they've got all of a sudden products and services and, you know, things that are being delivered which are not following in a pattern and it's kind of all over the shop, you know. Another misconception that people think as well, maybe if they're not a systems person, they'll think that their team aren't systems people or other people aren't going to want to follow system and process. What I've found is A players, team members that want to excel, depending on how the systems and processes are delivered, like we don't want to just create red tape and bureaucracy for the the sake of it. Like we create systems that deliver the appropriate amount of information without necessarily being overkill. But what that does is it tells them how to win the game. Great team members want to know how to do something really well. So if you tell them up front, this is what success looks like. These are the steps. They actually embrace it. Couldn't agree more. We've covered a lot, haven't we? I mean, we've been through a whole bunch of different areas in relation to system systemology, systems. We haven't really dived into the book, but we've certainly taken some principles from within the book and applied it to these episodes. Is there anything that you want to really talk about in relation to some of the stuff that comes out of the book and what people are going to be, you know, getting when they read it? Yeah, I think the first thing to do is when you get the book, you want to read it all the way through one go because you want to understand the pieces. So systemology, it's a seven-step process with the whole idea of turning an owner-dependent business into something that's a bit more systemized that you can then start to plug other team members in to run so you can help to grow and scale it. So the the stages, and we touched on some on the earlier episode, you know, step number one is the defined stage, which is the critical client flow. We talked about that. Step number two, assign, really that's all about understanding that the knowledge exists already in the heads of your other team members. So you don't need to 
be creating all the systems yourself. We just have to get it out of the head of, of your, your great team members and colleagues and contractors, that sort of thing. Then step number three, we, we touched on that. That's the extract phase. That's We talked about Dave Porter and how he used his apprentice, Kane, who, who went out into the field. And, you know, th- that's a big secret. It's a two-person job. You've got the person with the knowledge and you've got the person who do, does the documentation. It's two separate people. Then step number four is the organize. And that's just about some of the tools. And you touched on some of the ones earlier you know, you, you want a project management tool. You want a place where you can store your systems and your processes. That's critical. And, and you probably want to move away from something like Google Docs. Like you have to think about where those how-tos are stored. Then we think about number five, which is integrate, which is getting the buy-in from the staff. So we need to position it for them to understand it's a win for them. And they there is real benefit for the individual Step number six is to scale your business, you're going to need systems outside of the critical client flow. We talked about the critical client flow. There are also other systems that would go in your finance department, maybe your HR, HR, like, yeah, yeah, how you hire staff and onboard staff and management as well. And then finally, I finish up the seven-step process with optimize, which is I, I leave it to last because a lot of people try and get things just right up front. And then it just becomes a roadblock and a reason why they don't get things done because they want it just perfect. But you won't get it done perfect the first time because part of how you make something good is to run it, see what works, what doesn't work, tweak it, run it, see what works. And you just keep moving closer and closer and closer. That's how I developed systemology. Like I didn't just sit down and write the book in one go. I ran a workshop that Matt attended. I ran another workshop that Matt attended. I worked with a small group of business owners and we took them through the process. I did one-on-ones. I just kept on perfecting and perfecting and perfecting and then simplifying down to what are the essentials that deliver the outcome. And that's how you want to also develop the systems inside your business. And I suppose the big takeaway, as someone listens to this, I just hope that they get excited by this idea. I want it to just catch you enough that you follow through with it because one system isn't going to do it. You might put one or two systems in. The real magic of systems is when you compound this, when you've got 10, 20, 30 systems all firing and stuff is happening in your business that you're not aware of, then you can have some tremendous results. And I mean, we talk about a lot of them in the book. There's case studies and stories. Dave Port is a great one, but because it speaks directly to your industry. But there's other ones. There's Diggy Doggy Daycare, a lady who runs a doggy daycare center. She systemized the business and then sold it to a big corporate that wanted to roll it out across Australia. There's stories from Web Savvy, a a digital agency that systemized a whole department, their Facebook department, to the point where they could plug in and grow team members. There's stories about Gary, who runs Eco Solutions, which is like bushfire management, and he hadn't taken a holiday in about six years and then went through the systemology process and then got it to the point where his team could do things and he could take a holiday. So depending on where you are, like there's a big gamut of benefits that come from this. You just need to commit to it, lean in, and I'm confident I've seen it so many times that you'll get the result. I think the biggest myth to dispel is that whole thing around, well, it won't work for me. Like it will work. There's not a business that it wouldn't work for. 
This is business. What I feel like is we're teaching how business actually works and at least becoming aware of it and seeing the departments and seeing the systems. And it is a different mindset. Like we're talking about building into a business owner rather than being an employee of your own job. There is a difference between those two. And I had a call with a friend the other day and I've known him for many years and he was talking about he wanted to move into a new space and I I gave him some of these foundational ideas and just this morning, I've not responded to it yet, he sent me a message back and he goes, I thought about it and it just didn't connect with me. I'm not really a business owner. I want to be a freelancer and I want to do work and I want to have what falls into my lap and that's that's the way that he wanted to do things. And, and that's okay. I think the key is you need to, as long as you recognize it, if, if you are happy being a subby for someone and just going out and doing the jobs and letting them handle all of the business, then more power to you. Go do that. But if you're trying to build a business, then let's build a business. And you have to do that through systems. I love it. But I think you've done a very good job of making an unsexy topic pretty sexy. So good work there. <laughs> And just again, where can people get hold of you, Dave, if they need to? Yeah, systemology.com forward slash book. From there, jump through, grab yourself a copy on Amazon, get the Audible version as well if you like to listen. Got any questions, just grab me on social. Happy to help. I actually advise guys to do that. I do this with books. I'll always listen to the audio first and then I'll get a hard copy or a copy on my iPad and so I can scratch it up, take notes and actually apply things. That process works quite well for me, so maybe give it a shot. Guys, we are going to do a book giveaway as well. Now, head across. When these podcasts come out, we'll do a bit of a book giveaway within the community. So make sure you're part of the Facebook group if you are not already. Dave is in there also. So if you've got any questions, by all means, you can ask some questions within there. Dave, thank you so much for your time. Congratulations on another excellent piece of literature. My pleasure. Does it feel weird to say, oh, I'm an author? It does because I... I actually find the process of writing books incredibly slow and painful. I don't, I might have maybe one more book in me, but I I don't enjoy the process, but I love the outcome and I feel like it's the best way to chisel my thinking down. So, All right, mate. Well, thank you once again for your time. Guys, I hope you enjoyed that episode. Look forward to hearing your comments and feedback. That is a wrap. Thank you for listening to another episode of Toolbox Talks. If you're liking what you hear, then you can head across to the siteshed.com where you can join our community by signing up to our Toolbox Talks. Uh, You'll get sent a weekly notification, which is basically a highlight of everything that we've spoken about during that week, along with any other industry news that may be relevant or specific to the trades. If you're enjoying the show, you can head across to iTunes, Stitcher, or SoundCloud where you can leave us a review. Uh, That would be fantastic, and all the reviews get read out in the show. Uh, Likewise, if you have any friends or colleagues that you think would benefit from the show and the the episodes that we create, then please go ahead and share it with them. Thanks for tuning in, guys. I hope you enjoyed that podcast. Please, if you did, head across to iTunes and leave us a review. We would very much appreciate that. Anyway, if you are a project-based trade business and you work in solar or bathroom renovations or kitchen renovations or roofing or something along those lines, and you would like to see some of the results that we've been showcasing in our marketing on for your business, thousands of percent return on ad spend, 2,000, 3,000, 5,000, 7,000, 13,000% return on ad spend, please head across to tradey.wiki forward slash pod for podcast. That's tradey.wiki forward slash pod for podcast. It will be well worth the conversation and I can't wait to chat with you. Ciao.